Welcome to Beyond Conventional Marketing, a marketing leader's guide to digital consumer experiences. You're about to hear an episode full of insights from marketing leaders to help you build meaningful moments and relevant digital experiences for your consumers. Join us as we hear from marketing leaders about their experiences with data and personalization, digital marketing trends, and expert advice on how to grow your business and connect with consumers. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Conventional Marketing. I'm your host, Anushka Lokesh. And today with me, I have Luis Velasco, who's the Senior Vice President of Marketing at Jollibee. Hi, Luis. How are you? Hi, Anushka. Good to be here. Hi to you and hi to uh, all your listeners. Yes, love to have you here. I'm excited to talk a little bit more about you and your work and my favorite topic, fried chicken. Um, (laughs) Before we get started, could you maybe share a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. I've been in the uh, food service uh, industry for 20, 23 years. I've been with the Jollibee Group for, for that long. Yeah, uh, I know, right? Uh, it, was, it doesn't look like it. Because I wouldn't have been working for 23 years. <laughs> it was my second job coming out of college. My first job with, was with a uh, one of the bigger package goods companies, uh, consumer packaged goods companies uh, in the Philippines. But I got in as someone from the sales and operations department. And uh, you know how it is, right? I mean, coming out of college, you kind of just want to, you know, just get a job, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I did that for about two years, although in less than a year, I kind of knew that I was, you know, I wanted to get into marketing. And that's when I shifted to marketing and uh, moved to Jollibee at that time. I actually was accepted in one of the brands uh, and companies of Jollibee at the time called Greenwich, which is a pizza brand uh, in the Philippines. And then, yeah, and literally, you know, just figured my way, uh, you know, progressed my career from there. Uh, been fortunate to handle um, you know a couple of our brands and, and, and companies in marketing uh, back in the Philippines. Starting in 2014, I was assigned uh, to do international marketing for Jollibee, you know, been able to work with you know our businesses in Southeast, Southeast Asia, the Middle East. And then eventually uh, in 2016, uh, you know found myself here in the, the US and uh, been uh, handling the the marketing and business development of our uh, U.S. and North America operations since then. That sounds like quite the career across different functions and different locations as well. Could you tell us a little bit about Jollibee and how it made its way from the Philippines to the to the U.S.? <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a long uh, way since then. Uh, Jollibee actually started in 1978. Yeah, it's been that long. I mean. And uh, even before that, in 1975, uh, our founder, uh, Mr. Tony Tan, and his wife actually franchised two ice cream shops back in the Philippines. And it was really more, you know, to for their business, uh, for their family. And they started off that way. And they found out after, you know, operating an ice cream shop that people were asking for real hot food before they ate their ice creams. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's when, you know, they formed and founded Jollibee in 1978. 
and you know it's it's been doing very well in the Philippines. Uh, we are the dominant quick service restaurant brand in the Philippines. We've acquired several businesses since then. 1998, 20 years after they founded Jollibee in the Philippines, that's when you know they first we first started our operations here in the U.S. It was actually in Daly City in, in Northern California. Uh, the very first Jollibee. And essentially, the, the objective was really, you know, the, the U.S. is, I think it has the most number of Filipino population that have migrated to, you know, any other country outside of the Philippines. So uh, it just made sense for Jollibee to uh, set up uh, operations here. It's really, it was really to cater to, you know, the Filipino Americans at first, uh, you know, kind of give them a taste of home. If you've been to the Philippines, if you have Filipino friends, you know, pretty much everyone back in the Philippines has a Jollibee experience or moment, you know, whether it's a birthday, uh, it's a cel- whether it's a celebration, whether it's, you know, coming to, to Jollibee on a Sunday after, you know, after Sunday mass and all that. And so 20 years from since 1978, we've had, you know, very, very, you know, big fans and, and followers uh, in the Philippines. And so, you know, we kind of transported that here in the U.S., uh, and that was in 1998. And cut to today, we are a company of 18 brands in our portfolio. Eight of them wholly owned, uh, six of them franchised. Uh, you know, people don't really know we do the, the franchising of uh, of Burger King and Panda Express back in the Philippines. <laughs> Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf is part of our portfolio and our group. Smash Burger uh, also is also part of uh, you know Jolli- the Jollibee group now. So you know today, sixty two hundred restaurants all over the world, thirty four countries. Uh, like I said, eighteen brands. And for us, for us here in North America, uh, we're now at eighty five uh, locations, twenty four of them in Canada, and sixty one here in the, here in the US. Yeah, I've tried the ones in Canada. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot in Toronto where you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I always go to Jollibee after basketball. It's great. It's my favorite. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, great. So that's so interesting that Jollibee has been around in the U.S. since 1998. I actually thought it was more recent than that. Have there been any changes in the last few years in how and how Jollibee operates in the U.S.? Uh, the changes mainly have been, obviously, you know, in terms of our network expansion, in terms of, and that's probably the reason why you're also, you know, you just thought that it's pretty recent because a lot of the, a lot of the marketing and the PR and then, you know, all, all these news about us is just coming out maybe in the last couple of years. We've kind of tried to figure it out since, since 1998 on, you know, how to, obviously survive here in the US, right? And, and and actually do well. You know, a lot of challenges when we started. Uh, we People didn't know us, obviously, except for the Filipino-Americans, which was fine. And then, you know, that was the reason for being for, for us uh, in the US. But, you know, it took us a while to, uh, you know, kind of get our, uh, set up uh, our foundation. Um, we needed to have partners, vendors, suppliers to kind of, you know, want to work with us. Uh, especially for a brand and a company that was just starting at the time, you know, we had to make sure that which you know, I mean, we were here for, uh, you know, essentially to provide a taste of home to the Filipinos. So obviously, we had to have the same taste yeah. that they enjoyed back in the Philippines. So that also was a challenge in the beginning. Why was it a challenge? 
Well, um, you know, regulations, uh, bringing in ingredients. Uh, if you couldn't bring in ingredients because it was, uh, you know, very costly, uh, we had to match them when, when, they, when they got here. And that's just from a recipe side. The other side is obviously ex- executing it at a restaurant level. Uh, you know, something we kind of take a lot of pride in is that, you know, uh, it's, it's, I wouldn't say easy, but, you know, there's a lot of great recipes out there, you know, but what we pride ourselves in really is you go from one Jollibee to the other uh, in the U.S., in Canada, uh, anywhere in the world. And, you know, that's that's something we're proud of, that it tastes ev- the same everywhere you go. And that in itself is both a challenge and, uh, an, and you know, an opportunity that, that we've, we've taken, uh, especially when we started here in 1998. Our menu has evolved over time. We've adopted uh, and then innovated on a lot of trends here in the U.S. We actually have products here in the U.S. Uh, and Canada that have not, you know, that we've actually launched here first uh, in, in, you know, globally. The chicken sandwich, for example, uh, something we launched uh, three years ago. You know, we were the first, I would say we were probably one of the first countries to actually launch that in, in the Jollibee system. You know, we have a couple of new items that we are testing in some of our new restaurants. Uh, we recently opened in Times Square, which is also exciting. Uh, and so that's that's also where we can see, you know, a lot of our new menu. We have the baked mac and cheese. We have new uh, beef burgers for people to try. And we have uh, salads for those who prefer, you know, you know, a healthier option for, for them. So, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, that's for them, not for me <laughs> i'm a fried chicken burger kind of guy so to, to, to each their own <laughs> yeah, you know, i mean but obviously you need to listen to to the market and to the consumer so uh so that that's for them so that has evolved what hasn't evolved is really you know what we're about uh you know we pride ourselves in great food great products uh great taste that's really who we are that's you know the, the very basic foundation of uh, all our businesses and food companies great service the hospitality uh, that the culture of the filipinos and the philippines brings uh, we like to think that we share them and bring them to life in our restaurants food uh, and and eating is a uh, you know something big in the philippines uh, it's about connections about togetherness it's about family and friends. Uh, so something we also are, you know, trying to bring to you know, the U.S. and North America. Our mission is serving great tasting food, bringing the joy of eating. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much our purpose. It's, you know, we want food to not just be about hunger fail or being functional. And, you know, it's, okay, I'll eat for like 15, 20 minutes. I'm done. You know, I can go about my ways again. It's, it's especially in, 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 you know, in areas where, you know, we think that uh, people need to rediscover that joy, whether it's through the food, whether it's through togetherness, whether it's through, you know, uh, experiencing great service or great value. That's something that uh, that's very important to us. Yeah, there's like there's some food that's for the stomach and some food that's for the heart. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so. Regarding your consumers, you mentioned that, you know, everybody has different preferences. How would you say your consumers, you know, in the Philippines are different from the ones in the U.S.? I know you cater to, initially you were catering to the Filipino population in the U.S., but now it's a lot broader, right? Yeah. 
there are differences, but uh, I think in in general, there's more similarities. I would say we think that great taste is universal wherever you go, right? Great, great tasting fried chicken is great tasting fried chicken wherever you go. <laughs> uh, I think that the differences really are really more on certain concepts uh, that may be very unique uh, to a region or country. You know, for example, there are countries in uh, where we operate in, say, say in Southeast Asia, like Malaysia and Brunei maybe, where they want it a little bit hotter, for example, or a little bit spicier. So we're able to do that with the say, spicy chicken joy. Chicken joy, by the way, um, is the name of our fried chicken um, and it's called chicken joy for a reason. <laughs> so again, you know, just even in the naming, yeah, you see that, uh, you know, a lot of this joy that we want to, to share and, and impart to our uh, customers. Um, so yeah, so differences in that and in some concepts like, you know, we, we started you know, in the Philippines, uh, we have a very lo- large uh, share of say spaghetti, which is kind of not familiar with, uh, you know, a lot, in a lot of countries where, whoa, is there, there's a spaghetti in a, in a fast food restaurant. That is interesting. When the first time I saw it, I was like, huh, that is an interesting choice for a fast food exactly. restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And uh, our, our spaghetti is a little bit sweeter. It has hot dogs in them. <laughs> the way we actually grew up back in the Philippines enjoying spaghetti, uh, you know, pretty much... Everyone enjoyed the spaghetti uh, whenever everyone celebrated birthday. So, you know, there's a saying that, uh, you know, you had to serve noodles during birthdays because uh, that kind of symbolizes long life. Yeah, so that's spaghetti for us uh, back in the Philippines. And, and in terms of, you know, how we like them uh, uh, in terms of the taste, which is a little bit sweeter. But other than that, I mean, fried chicken, chicken sandwiches are now big in the Philippines as well burgers uh you know i mean that's pretty common uh, wherever you go you know and then a couple of introductions we've done here in the u.s because of the market you know like chicken tenders for example we serve more mashed potatoes here um fries is 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 common and you know we also still do uh, serve uh, rice, because Filipinos love rice. Asians love rice. So. Indians love rice. I love seeing the rice on the menu at Jollibee. It's so good. And the other thing which you haven't tried, if if you haven't tried, is we like eating our, our chicken with gravy. Uh, yeah. So there's a cup of gravy that goes with every order. Yeah. Enjoy. Some people uh, don't know what to do with it when they're given a cup of gravy. But, you know, I mean, you got to try it, you know, just dunk your chicken in it or slather your, your chicken or rice with it. And it, it's a totally new and great experience for, 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 for people. So, you know, uh, I think the differences really rela- uh, are more on certain practices uh, in, in each region. But generally speaking, you know, when you're talking about, you know, what, what makes food delicious and great and I think that's pretty universal wherever. Yeah, everybody loves fried chicken. (laughs) (laughs) That's so interesting. So you were saying initially that, you know, your marketing efforts have, I guess, increased more in the last few years. Could you talk a little bit about your approach to marketing at Jollibee? Sure. Yeah, the reason it's it's, uh, evolved also is that, uh, you know, like I said, you know, given our background, when we were just catering to the Filipino-American market, and eventually in 2016, the Filipino-Canadian market. 2016 actually was 
the first time we actually set foot in in Canada uh, in uh, in Winnipeg in December. <laughs> so you can imagine how cold it was when we first yeah. went. So you know, I mean, people outside of the Filipino American or Filipino Canadian community, it was very rare for them to actually hear about Jollibee, only because obviously we were just single-mindedly speaking to a very kind of you know finite set of of consumers right you know there's a there's a cable channel called uh, the filipino channel and you know we were pretty much there most of the time in fact maybe 80 90 percent of the time because that's where all the filipinos were i mean in terms of uh, viewership in terms of you know where they got their news uh, where they got uh, you know, source of awareness for for brands and companies, and so if you're not a Filipino, you're probably not subscribed to the Filipino channel. <laughs> you know, and then uh, all of our PR was geared towards uh, the Filipino market, both here and back in the Philippines, uh, because it's also a source of pride for us back in the Philippines whenever there's something uh, happening here in North America. However, you know, as we've evolved uh, and, you know, we've discovered that, you know, people outside of, you know, the, the Filipino market actually like the brand, like our products, like our menu, uh, and we appeal to them. That's when we started evolving our marketing. And that's, you know, I mean, you know, thank thank God, I guess, for digital, right? I mean, that's <laughs> that's where digital comes in for us. Uh, that's when it, you know, where it comes to play because, you know, and small brands know this and most most brands are small and, unless you're, you know, probably one of the top or 10 or 20, you know, Goliaths in their industry, right? Where you can afford anything and everything out there. Uh, we can't. Most people, most brands can't, right? So digital is kind of a great equalizer in a way because it allows us to be more targeted. Uh, you know, we're present in uh, twelve states right now. I mean, I can't, I can't be on on TV. You know, have all the other states watch us when there's not even a Jollibee in the next fifty or hundred miles, right? So, so digital has done that for us and helped us a lot in terms of being more targeted, uh, being more uh, sharp with, you know, uh, our communication. And, you know, probably since about five years ago, we've been doing more and more of that. Um, obviously not forgetting where we came from and who we are and, you know, uh, the, the, the followers and the core, you know, f- core Filipino market that we initially had come here to cater to. But at the same time, it's a balance of, you know, being able to sustain that brand love that we have with them, but at the same time, uh, generating that awareness uh, and, and reach to this broader North American market. What if you could provide all of your consumers the most relevant digital experience? With predictive personalization at the heart of your digital marketing strategy, you can build meaningful relationships with consumers and grow your business quickly. Brainify's AI-driven platform can help you at any stage of your personalization journey. Whether you're looking to collect data, optimize customer journeys, or curate predictive personalized experiences, Using one line of code, Brainify integrates with any marketing tool you already use in just two weeks. Ready to learn more about creating personalized digital consumer experiences? Connect with us at brainify.ai. 
And so what are some of the challenges that you faced as you thought about your digital marketing efforts? There's a couple. I mean, you know, this digital is something that we know helps us. We, you know, it, we know it's an important part of, you know, our, our ways moving forward from a marketing standpoint, from, from a business standpoint. But at the same time, uh, you know, a lot of, I would say, limitations from people, investment, resource. Uh, I mean, those are realities we face, right? Like I said, we're just 85 restaurants or locations. That's not a lot. That's not huge compared to the giants in our industry where, you know, they're in the 10,000s maybe in terms of uh, locations. They probably have, uh, I've been reading a lot lately, uh, some of them probably have uh, a digital marketing department as huge as our whole office. Right. (laughs) So, So resource is a challenge. So what we've done is really set up our foundation and our and you know uh, kind of set up the fundamentals for us first there are three things that digital that we've identified digital to help us with for our brand and our business first is obviously reach uh, i mentioned about being able to reach a different market a broader market uh, aside from the filipino market that uh, you know uh, you know are no- most known t- to us and us to them so that's, you know, in the areas of paid media or search or even platforms like Yelp. And then, you know, we've also gotten recently into email marketing. Uh, so it's really about gen- being able to and allowing us to uh, have that platform uh, to be able to speak to, you know, uh, a, a broader audience. Obviously, before any, any of that happens, then you need to have great content, right? So whether it's PR or influencers or, you know, uh, you know, content creation is important. We also, you know, like to say that, you know, content provides us a, a, an opportunity to make our uh, personality come out, our character come out, uh, who we are as a brand, what we believe in. But, you know, it's a balancing act. Like you need to have great content, but people need to know what your content is about. Right. So that's that's where reach comes in. And then once once they know about us, uh, the, the second uh, important role for digital for us is accessibility. Maybe similar to a lot of uh, brands and companies, uh, we've kind of been able to fast track uh, a lot of our digital efforts uh, when the pandemic hit. It's funny, I was reading... Uh, uh, I think it was a meme or something where it was asking about, uh, and, and you've probably seen this, right? I mean, it, it asked a question on uh, who or what uh, fast-tracked your digital transformation, and uh, it was a multiple-choice question. <laughs> one, one, one answer is the chief digital officer, but the other was uh, COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it's true. I mean, you know, uh, it took us COVID-19 to kind of fast-track a lot of things. Uh, we had to pivot very quickly in, in a lot of ways, not just digital. So accessibility was one of them. I didn't know we could launch, for example, delivery in about less than a month when COVID happened. Uh, we knew we were going, going to get into delivery. We knew we were going to uh, launch uh, delivery that year. Uh, we didn't know it was going to happen like March of 2020. Right? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that fast track that uh, that fast track that we had. Uh, Partnerships with uh, um, a delivery aggregator, 
we set up our own uh, direct online ordering platform. But, you know, it's it's the basic, it's the fundamentals. We're on the white label platform. And if, if you're familiar with that, it doesn't really give you much kind of flexibility or leeway to do customization. But it's okay. It does the job for now. Uh, and which was really the intent at, at that time. So, so yeah, so accessibility is, uh, you know, another key role that digital plays for us. Are we there when, you know, are we there where we want to be? Not necessarily, uh, but it's a start and, you know, we'll, we'll, we're continuing to invest in, in improving that. And then the third piece, uh, which actually is something that, you know, we are hoping to get into probably the next year or so is really about personalization and data. We view digital essentially as opportunity to gain access on a lot of you know, data and information. Uh, that's really for me what digital is all about, and that's how that's how we see digital for us uh, in terms of playing a role. You know, we'd like to reach every customer possible, every consumer possible for you know fried chicken, burgers, uh, peach mango pie, etc. But we want to do the do it in the right message for them at the right time in the right touch point or channel or platform, you know, we think that solutions are not homogeneous and consumers are not homogeneous, right? I mean, you and I are different. Your listeners are different. They have different interests, different activities during the day and then on the weekend. They have different eating behaviors. Uh, some have family, some have don't. Some have, have their own family, some don't. Some have children, some don't. Uh, it doesn't make sense for us, for example, to promote, say, a kid's meal to a group that may not even have kids to begin with, right? So so that's something that we want to evolve in eventually. And for us, it's really about being able to serve them uh, better, you know, because if we're able to customize, if we're able to be more personalized with our transactions, with our uh, menu, uh, with our communications, it's just a whole different uh, experience for for the consumer. I mean, I've I've experienced that myself uh, with other brands and other companies, and uh, it feels relevant. You know, you feel appreciated that you know your your uh, the brand or the company knows you and uh, and what you're looking for. I like that you. Obviously, everybody is focused on digital right now, but I think it's really good that you have these three key priorities because as you mentioned, not everybody has, you know, a big team and endless budgets. And so it's really important to have those, you know, three things that you can really focus on to be impactful and help you connect with your consumers. So when you're thinking about your digital channels, like which are the most important ones, would you say for, for Jollibee? That's a tough question. Uh, I find everything important for us. <laughs> I mean, that's a fair answer. That's super fair as well. Like, you don't have to pick one. But I was just honestly kind of curious as to, like, what are the the main ways that you find your consumers connecting with your brand? Is it primarily through social? Is it primarily through, you know, website, email, whatever it is? Yeah, uh, socials is probably the biggest today. Obviously, everyone is in socials, right? Whatever it is you're into, whether it's TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and you know, even recently, I I've realized that uh, there's still there's still a pretty big chunk of 
people in Snapchat as well. <laughs> so, you know, you can't forget about, you know, those people. Um, you know, again, like, like food, right? I mean, to each his own. People want to be in certain platforms more than the others, and that's fine. And so that's pretty important for us. And that's why, you know, again, you can't just pick and choose where you need to be because, you know, there's probably a certain lifestyle uh, or, or, or age segment that's into certain uh, platforms. You know, TikTok, for example, is probably your younger generation. Generation Alpha is what they call them now, right? Generation <laughs> Alpha and Gen, and Gen Z. And then you have you still have the millennials, and you can't forget about you know the baby boomers who you know uh, while they're a little bit older, uh, you know they they also have the you know uh, the need for for great food every day, uh, and so so socials is a big platform for us. The website is also pretty big for us because uh, I. I uh, I mentioned website in the context of because that's where our, our online ordering platform is. You know, I'd love to think that eventually we can inv- evolve to where our you know, app is is probably going to be a big platform for us. It's not as big right now uh, as as we'd like it to be. Like I, like I said, uh, we, you know, we're in a we're in a white label platform that doesn't really allow us to do any flexibility for now, and that's fine. But the website does its job, um, and so we have a lot of people coming into our website actually ordering from us, uh, and and because that's where our online ordering is linked with. Our website also, you know, gives people the information on location, uh, whether you know uh, a certain location has drive-through, business hours. Uh, we've invested heavily on location pages in our website as well. Uh, and so I would say after socials, website would be probably be, you know, I'd say socials for reach, website more for the conversion part of it, because that's where online ordering is, and also the location of our restaurants. Uh, and then you have, you know, things that kind of supplement that, like email marketing. Eventually, we want to get into SMS marketing as well. You know, all these platforms, third-party validation platforms, those are important as well. But then again, there's also, you know, as you know, there's a blurring as well, right? Influencers are into, you know, they're they're in socials as well, right? So it's not as straightforward anymore as as probably it used to be. So a lot of the investments are really coming in from from those uh, platforms. Yeah, I guess it's more of an ecosystem that you have to figure out how the different channels work. Exactly. And, and the challenge for brands, uh, including ourselves, is not only digitally, but how can you make your look and feel, your language, your personality, your offerings as seamless as possible from someone ordering through a drive through to maybe someone going to your website uh, and, uh, and ordering online to someone seeing you on Facebook or Instagram or even TikTok, right? I mean, how... How can you make it as seamless as possible that they see the same brand, you know, wherever they go, and not not that it's uh, misaligned from, you know, in, in in certain platforms and channels. True. Well, this has been a very interesting discussion. Thank you so much for sharing about, you know, Jollibee. I had no idea that there was, you know, such a rich history and and so much culture associated with the brand as well. And I really love that. Um, so before we wrap up, I wanted to ask, do you have any 
you know, key takeaways or advice that you would like to share from your from your experience in your career? Sure. Uh, let's make the let's put the good use twenty three years of uh, food service. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, maybe just a couple uh, from uh, product, uh, maybe in a brand perspective. One is hopefully your brand or product is able to solve things for the consumer, uh, make it easier for him, faster. In our case, it's really about great food. Uh, and I think beyond solving something, hopefully, you know, have a purpose for your brand or product. Uh, ours is really about going beyond functional eating and, uh, uh, you know, sharing the joy of eating and ha- having people rediscover that is really, you know, what we're about. And then from a marketing standpoint, most most brands are small brands technically, right? So, you know, be brave, try to be disruptive. Uh, you know, I always tell uh, people that, you know, we're like, we're like little kids in a, in a crowded room and you're trying to, you're trying to grab attention from people, right? I mean, what, what do you do to do that, right? So you're a small little child, and but you you want to be you want to be seen, you want to be, you know, you want you want to grab attention from people. So how do you do that? At the same time, though, I'm also a fan of, you know, marketing and creativity that works. You know, I I respect brands, agencies who are into obviously a lot of these all you know creative efforts. But for me, at the end of the day, it's really, you know, what, what moves the needle, needle what, what, what brings in results, uh, both brand and business results. And I think that that's the most effective marketing that, that you can get. Third is probably love your fans, engage your fans. Uh, you, for sure, you have fans uh, already. They're, pro- they're going to be your biggest uh, advocates for your brand uh, and your product. Uh, and we've come to know that. So, you know, engage with them, see how, you know, you can partner with them uh, to help your brand and company. And maybe lastly, on the digital front, you know, go into digital, not just for digital sake, but uh, use digital to hopefully be able to serve and delight your customer better, whether it's through access, through reach, Uh, you know, there's gazillion technology and digital platforms out there. Choose the one that works for you. Choose the one that helps your brand and your company evolve and and, and progress. And uh, and uh, with that, yeah, I mean, just good luck with with uh, all the those in your brand and digital journeys out there. Thank you for that. That was a lot of a lot of great advice. Thank you so much, Luis, for for Thank sharing you. your time Thank and your experience. That went by so fast. I, I-, <laughs> I know. I know. We've been talking for forty minutes. I love it. <laughs> I could go on forever, but I think I think we have to stop now. <laughs> Thank you again so much. Thank you for the invite. It was an honor and a pleasure. Thank you, Louise. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to Beyond Conventional Marketing, a Brainify podcast. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you found this episode valuable, please rate, review, and share it. To learn more about creating delightful digital experiences, join us for the next conversation.